conversation. The man shows up, whoopee, whoopee, whoopee. It's the girl, right? Sitting there discussing things like premarital sex, puffing away. <laughs> well, if you love somebody, why not? <laughs> I'll tell you why not. Get the ring first. beginning you'll never get it look what I got four chips and 12 mirrors look what I can you see this I pass it around but you'll drop it I'll have seven years bad luck can you see this and when he gave it to me he had the gall to look me in the eye and say it's small but it's perfect I'm a woman a woman doesn't want small but perfect I wanted imperfect, but big! <laughs> Who would know? Would you know? I wouldn't hang out with jewelers' wives. Who would know? I wanted a ring when I came on stage. You'd look at me and go, bad taste. <laughs> a glove on, you know those kind? I want to wear a glove on my right hand and go stark naked with the left one through life. I went to the ring when I came on stage, you'd look at me and go, catch the ring. She's not that hot looking, but catch the ring. She must have something. She must be great in bed. You know what this chip tells you? <laughs> you know how that hurt the person? So get it before anything starts. That's all I say to you. So you're single. You're going out on dates with people you hate? Yeah, we all go through it. What? Oh, I, did. I went out with anything. I was 27 too. If he could walk and talk and find the doorbell, that was it. <laughs> anything, any, I, I would get obscene phone calls. I'd say, hang on, let me get a cigarette. Oh, anything. Oh, sure, no, 20, my mother, a mother, I'm 27 years old, not moving. Do you know what my mother went through? Eh? What do you mean you don't like him? He's a lawyer. Mother's a lawyer with pimples, so what? <laughs> The pimples will clear up. <laughs> I, and I was desperate too. I, well, I went through single. Remember those days smiling, going out with anybody? How'd you get my name? <laughs> From a men's room, I'll be there. <laughs> I went anything, anything. Didn't you go through that when you were single? I was a bridesmaid 108 times. <laughs> You know, it's like they have 108 acetate dressing in your car. <laughs>
Black plastic coming to you.
Sure looks like it's gonna rain, doesn't it? But there's no need to be sad. Remember, this is the day that the Lord has made. And even when there are dark clouds, oh, we have a different kind of sunshine. That's what this next song is all about. After serving in the conflict overseas, and the time that he served. Shattered all his nerves and left a little shrapnel in his knee. But the morphine eased the pain and the grass grew around his brain and gave him all the confidence he lacked. With a purple heart and a monkey. On his back There's a hole in daddy's arm Where all the money goes Jesus Christ died for nothing I suppose Little pitchers have big ears Don't stop to count the years Sweet song Never last too long on broken radios. Mm -hmm. Sam Stone's welcome home didn't last too long. He went to work when he'd spent his last dime. And Sammy. 
on my hand You say, hey, Bo Diddley, no, I understand Who do you love? Who do you love? Who do you love? Who do you love? Hey! I'm going round town with a rattlesnake whip You take it easy, no ring, don't you give me no what I seen. Who do you love?
scarecrows dressed in the latest style with frozen smiles to chase love away human kindness is overflowing and I think God bless me. God bless my God. I never had to be too hard. Man, you know. I'm not rich, but I, you know, I've always had to some dollars in my pocket. That's why I believe in God so much, man. It's politics too sometimes. When guys born in a certain family, you know, I left a very lucrative position in California right here in New York. I was at all the studio jobs, Red County, myself, you know, that's what I was doing. But it could have Lucky Thompson. Miles Davis came around. Miles made a record. This is uh, this playing background music for, for Diana Washington. I used to write her stuff. The albums I wrote her music. Some people have I was blessed even then. You see, I, I wanted to get, to get a job to take the test to go to the post office. That's what my father wanted me to do. I went, but I don't get the kids. I, I, I went and uh, thought about it. I said, I don't want to do this. I went to shine shoes first. I didn't want to, you know, because I said I can, I can get with us by my own business. So I walked away and told my father I took the test and failed. He said, what do you do? I said, I'm going to be a musician. He said, well, is that what's working? He said, you know, you got to be exceptional. He said, well, I guess I'm going to get a good teacher and become exceptional. So he started sending out to Ryan's hacking, this bass teacher. 
I was going, going to Red County already. Red was a very good, you know, fundamental uh, teacher. But this, this base teacher covered the composition very high. I used to play much higher when I was younger than I did now. But we had to start playing again, and these kids are playing all over the place. Yeah. Now, about the pieces in the business, I don't say much about it, except it's not a lot of notes. And I like the speed of the quarter ship at the beginning, like a waltz against 4 4. What can I say? It's hard to talk about music. I think some music is a description of the sicknesses of the society. Some music is, uh, like you think, the ones of, what do you call it, music on the restaurants or on the elevators? That music is destructive. That music. If we have good music playing for people in the happy society on the streets, you know? I feel like uh, my music, uh, I have a new record coming out. Or it's like, well, maybe this time they'll hear it. Maybe this time they'll, they'll, they'll hear it. Yeah, well, I don't actually about the music. See, I, uh, I started Pedal Point in, in the period when everybody was playing bebop. And the history never said this. The historians missed back the idea. But the difference is, I don't only do that. I play, I, I still like to play a song with bar phrases. Because I enjoy all kinds of music. You know, I enjoy even enjoy Indian music so very much. But as much as I do Charlie Parker. I like Beethoven, for instance, string quartets. Nine. I like number nine. And twelve. I'm writing um, string quartets, two violins, and two cellos. And I like that sound better than I do the, the viola. Because the cello plays are high enough. Everything possible. Suits changes is meant to be like that. And the retards and the salarendos, you know? That's all classical music, you know? Winter Moon. The Velvet Ribbon, a story. Once there was a man who fell in love with a beautiful girl. And before the next full moon rose in the sky, they were wed. To please her husband, 
the young wife wore a different gown each night. Sometimes she was dressed in yellow. Other nights she wore red or blue or white. And she always wore a black velvet ribbon around her slender neck. Day and night she wore that ribbon. And it was not long before her husband's curiosity got the better of him. Why do you always wear that ribbon? he asked. She smiled a strange smile and said not a word. At last her husband got angry, and one night he shouted at his bride. Take that ribbon off. I'm tired of looking at it. You will be sorry I do, she replied, so I won't. Every morning at breakfast, the husband ordered his wife to remove the black velvet ribbon from around her neck. Every night at dinner, he told her the same thing. But every morning at breakfast and every night at dinner, all his wife would say was, you will be sorry if I do. So I won't. A week passed. The husband no longer looked into his wife's eyes. He could only stare at that black velvet ribbon around her neck. One night, as his wife lay sleeping, he tiptoed to her sewing basket. While Jeroboam the second was king, God said to Jonah, Quickly son of the quietly, Go careful not to awaken her, and he bent over his wife's bed and snipped for I know scissors, their and the velvet ribbon fell to the floor. Jonah was extremely frightened. And snap! And ignoring off command, came her head! It rolled over onto the floor in the moonlight, wailing tearfully. I told you you'd be sorry. Good. Black Black Plastic, MuniRadio.fm. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Time to rise and shine. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I hope you're feeling fine. The sun is just above the hill. Another day for us to fill with all the things we love to do. Oh, can't you hear? It's calling you. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's time to rise and shine. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I hope you're feeling fine. Come on and get up, get out of bed. You gotta get up, you're sleepy. And the day is gone just for you and all your dreams are coming true.
Junko. Nine examples. Orange crowned warbler. One. Crowned Warbler. Three. One.
Townsend's warbler. One, three. Townsend's Warbler. One. Black-billed Magpie. One. Black-billed magpie. One. Two. Two. Western Wood Peewee, seven examples. Western Wood Peewee, seven examples. Western Flycatcher, one. Western Flycatcher, one, two. Two, three. Gillibray's Warbler. Eight
Ha <laughs> ha! 
Flat Black Plastic, Muni Radio, FM. Thanks for listening. What are you going to DJ at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? I mean, come on. Okay, yeah, you guys are going to do it. Like, And every band's doing about a half hour set. Then the next night, Albert's doing Bat Cave. So roll yourself over at one, Albert, if you want to go ahead and hype your event. I think, I think we just like, close it after you're done and then have that one. Okay, yeah, get up your next song. He doesn't. I don't know what he's doing. He's he's just not even wanting to like promote anymore. 
Do you want to do another back song? Backcave is the seventeenth. Backcave is the seventeenth. Yeah, can you? Uh, you're on. Your your mic is on, dude. Let's just that one. Backcave seventeenth with uh, I forgot the other bands, but they're cool, right? Yeah, they're all good. Just be there. Backcave is cool. Yeah. From May to close, yeah, the knockout. Just be there. Yeah, just be the knockout sixteen seventeen this month. We also got a show uh, developing out there, at Toots Tavern in uh, Crockett for all you people who are in the that area of California, which I don't even know where it is really. But it's cool. On the way to Joshua Tree. On the way to, is it south? Crockett? No. no, it's east. East. East is good enough for me. And we're going to go uh, play Crockett with Tooth Tavern with Swerve and Pleasure Parade out there. So I'm having us, uh, just getting us that band up and running. We have some new ELI news, but not today. So anybody likes Eyes Like Ice, uh, you, we're, we're, you know, no, we are... We are loud, we are proud, we are free. And so we'll see uh Right now, we, we, we're, we're working on the album. And uh, so everybody, towards spring, it's going to happen. I'm, I'm believing it's going to happen. We don't know how it's going to work out, but it's going to be groovy. And uh, what else we got, Albert? You got to come. There's an event on the 11th, uh, Alter de Fay. Over at the Knockout, once again, yeah. we're promoting the Knockout like nobody's business. One of the only only places around anymore. They're they're taking care of the underground kids. They just basically routed us like fucking the rats that we are. God damn it. Hey, Albert, what do you think about the closing of all the clubs uh, in, in California? And what can we do about it? What well, what can you do other other than uh, make some street 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 uh street things you know maybe some street you know gorilla gorilla shows yeah, gorilla whatever you know what no no when you say gorilla you know what I'm saying gorilla means yeah, with the U E not the O R yeah. hey you know I was thinking about what's the biggest primate you know I was like, a little bit I was thinking is gorillas or is apes bigger than them which one's bigger apes or apes, gorillas apes apes is supposed to be like big bigger no but I don't know but uh, you ever see a gorilla when they're pissed off like they could like kick out like if a gorilla wanted apes to kick pretty big actually. I, I think I, if, uh, without well, with, of, uh, without tranquilizer guns, I don't really think that like a man can uh, take on a gorilla in any way, shape, or form. I think he could take out five humans. They would just tear their heads off. Agree. No, 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 no. That's that's Ronaldo. Oh, Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Albert. You want to pick out another song, or can no, you can I, you scroll I, up here? Yeah, I'll do that. Scroll up and see if I got any more songs on my list. You do definitely. We we worked on it this morning. I worked on it hard. <laughs> I worked on it so hard. I wanted it so hard. You know when people say that, they're like so hard. Like, like Donovan says stuff like that. No, 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 go scroll up again. Scroll up. Oh, God. I don't know how to do this. I don't know. I'm trying. It's, it doesn't work. Gently. Gently. It didn't work. Here we go. Oh, God. Not again. Albert, put, put on a song, please. No, you got one more song in you. No, no, we played this already. Albert, play another song. All right, we're going to do this. Uh, we don't mean to be, like, just, like, stalling, but we, I guess these guys want to go. I could do another half hour, you people, because I love just being on the air and, and coming up with stuff. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, like, like pick, up, pick out three more songs for her. Tansa Beal. Can you play Tansa Beal by Einstein and Neubauten? Einstein and Neubauten. I'm glad you get in there. Albert says if you're going to make him do it, then, you know, you're going to have to do it. Hey, I don't. I can't even hear if I'm still on the air. But I think I there we go. Here's the deal. Noi Bowden. We're gonna play one of the coolest songs. Going out of Christian death, which is like a really cool segue. I gotta say, hit it, hit it, Marvin, hit it. There you go. Stanis taught. Stanis taught. Yeah. 
So, you know, uh, we, we play some crazy shit. We play some nice stuff. We're going to hand it over to the next people. You know, like, sometimes it's really great to do OT. Other times people are kind of just not down with it. So I'm going to play a little bit of the best of trip-hop and down-tempo music. And it's important to catch a, ch- catch a chill. And then change its nature by multiplicity of operations. Isn't this cool? Immediately, it's like just so much more chill. Backwards. Like Neubauten brought it up to that cheesy point of like just like no return. Hey, can you shut that down there right there with, with the uh, uh, no 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 put me back up. The uh, the machine over here. Sign out of it. So save it. So learn to save it. Okay. Hey, I'm gonna let you guys go with the trip hop. Dig on it. It's got, got a great mix coming for you. And we'll be back next week with I think maybe Fuzz Attack. We'll see what happens. Love you guys. Roxy Roller signing out for now.
Testing, testing. Terry is here from Bake Your Own Death, and this is uh, DJ Aisha from Sounds from the Street. How's it going, Terry? Really good. Am I talking in the middle of mics or this one? Or that uh, one? Let's, let's test. Test, test, Hello, test. hello. Yep, perfect. Hey. I found it. I'm great. Just drove out through the hailstorm. <laughs> you survived to tell the tale. I did, so far. <laughs> awesome. So tell me uh, what you've been up to musically. Um, right now, we are in pre-production. We're trying to do a new record that'll come out around March or April. Mm-hmm. So we started recording a little bit, but uh, we're really just writing and kind of you know pre-production, meaning like we recorded ourselves and kind of listened back and see the arrangements are good and this and that. Um, so that started in about halfway through November, and then December is kind of like a just a screwed up month for everybody to get together, and so we're getting back into it heavy like next week. Next week. Is that when the real new year begins? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we'll have some shows coming up in uh, February and March. Mm-hmm, we're kind mm-hmm. of like working them out right now. Hoping That's... to do a noise pop show. Oh yeah, that'd well. be awesome. There's a couple good ones in February. I saw. I was like, wow, it's like venues that I've been to, but it's like back to back. So I'm like, wow, I'm gonna be going to the Indie, the Bottom of the Hill. It's, you know, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah, it's always cool. <laughs> They tend to um, surprise me each year. Like, you know, you always think like, oh, this is, that's just going to be the last year. It's not going to be cool next year. And then mm-hmm, they end up mm-hmm. putting together some good shows. Yeah. What's been your favorite venue to play in San Francisco? Well, I'm a little old school. And so I definitely am still a Obama Hill person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I love playing there. I love the staff. I love the feel of the place, the sound. But, you know, we'll, we'll play Rickshaw Stop. Um, we uh, used to play... Um, the hemlock a lot oh i miss that like, place you know i have like some of my best times there it's a real bummer to see that go yeah it was such a great spot you know if you want to go to the bar if you want to see a show just walk yeah. a couple steps <laughs> and it was so visceral and small like mm-hmm, the shows mm-hmm. we had this crazy show that we didn't realize was right in the middle of SantaCon was going on so they oh, go down God. polk street yeah so we go on stage and our crowd's there and it's like maybe 40, 50 people mm-hmm. wasn't that big. And then all of a sudden the place just fills up with hundreds of Santas and it was just packed. People couldn't move. And we were like just pressed up against the back wall on the stage with just drunk, obnoxious Santa Clauses who, you know, for all intents and purposes, I have no, uh, sympathy or oh, yeah. sympathy for, but they, uh, they just made the show crazy. So we were like surfing literally on the, on the hands of like guys dressed up like Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> I can picture it perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, didn't they? So I think this year they canceled it, but then they somehow brought it back and it was based at Union Square. So it was kind of like it was still happening. I really know nothing about it. Yeah. Just like this was just, you know, we were on stage and they, they came in. It could have been, they could have been dressed up like, you know, rabbis, it, it, whatever it was, it was just, it happened. Yeah. So question for you. Do you, it sounds like you celebrate Hanukkah. Do you also celebrate Christmas? I do. Um, we don't really, we don't really do either one properly or, yeah. or religiously for right. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I do got, uh, kids and they, uh, like, uh, Christmas. I mean, like taking Christmas away from American children seems to be a, a form of torture. Yeah. And I have a lot of Jewish friends who would, you know, slap me in the face for saying that. But mm-hmm. I just feel like, you know, the whole Hanukkah thing is, is ritual and cool, but it's not like the, the magic thing of like the big fat guy coming to your house and leaving all these presents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we do them both. 
That's amazing. Yeah, I got to celebrate both once, but then I was like, I want to do it every year. And my mom was just like, it's all about Christmas. That's all I care about. So it wasn't really up to me. But then I'm slowly, slowly bringing it back with the menorah and the chocolates and the dreidel and all that stuff. It's cool. I, I, don't, I mean, if it was up to me, we'd probably do nothing. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, you know, that whole just show dog yeah. and pony show yeah. thing. it just it did, makes me insane yeah but at least we don't shop anymore right nobody goes to the malls anymore no they don't i i do because i kind of live in that neighborhood unfortunately so i'm like well, you know nobody's going to be out so i'm going to go out that kind of thing yeah but um no you're totally right retail is just dead completely dead um yeah, for, sad. for better or for worse how are you feeling about amazon these days <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's a love hate thing. I, I don't really know what to think about the overall takeover of the world, but I've seen it take over bookstores and record stores in a way that is, Mm -hmm. um, it's just a super loss, you know, like I was just walking out 24th street on the way here and 24th street still has like, you know, you got, uh, two versions of the same bookstore and Mm -hmm. then, um, like three or four record stores and it's so cool. And that is old nineties San Francisco to me. Yep. The rest of this town is the, it, it's you used to see these places just get hollowed out and gone. Yeah, I used to just spend time in record stores, just thumbing through, and of course that's coming back now with vinyl. Right. Mm-hmm. But just thumbing through stuff and actually like discovering things that I had never even heard of just by looking at the album cover and like looking at recommendations from the staff and that kind of stuff. I don't think people do that. You know, I I, I actually teach eighth grade, so I have like 13, 14 year old kids in my class. Mm-hmm. I don't think they know what an album is. Oh gosh, you need to bring one in. Yeah, no, I mean they they don't know the concept of having like a a a theme, you know, running through a piece of music from start to finish. It's just like singles and singles, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. compilations. Right, that's, that's a bummer. It's a loss. Yes, but definitely, if you're able to one day like bring in an album, and if it's somehow educationally based or appropriate, then you can. All right, I'll do it. Widen their perspective. It's gonna happen. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, I mean, I went to school in the '90s. I was was I in eighth grade in the '90s? I was. Um, that's how old I am. But uh, yeah, and even back then, you know, records you kind of didn't talk about it unless your friends or your parents were were doing it sort of thing but i'm glad that it's you know it's coming back um yeah well just like as a as an artist you know you used to think about the concept of an album and like you know what's gonna be the first song what's gonna i mean if you're actually doing vinyl you would think about what's gonna be the the first song on the Mm -hmm, mm b-side but just like to lead you through a a movement of music um i don't feel like people are doing that anymore i mean i I know some i mean the ocs are doing that you know Mm -hmm. people are doing it but it's it's small it's a, it's a very niche thing and it's, you know, it may not be in San Francisco. It may be on the other side of the world, somewhere in Europe, like Norway. And you would only know about them through the wonders of social Black media. Metal. That yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's a good, it's a good connection there. But I think, do you think with technology, it's kind of like a, a double edged sword where it's like, Oh, it has some good things. Like you're, you're branching out and you're getting the word out there. But then on the other side, it's less personal and it's less, you know, about your, I mean, I, I used to feel like, you know, uh, everybody's complaining about technology is like the old man complaining about the baseballs on his lawn and just like, you know, doesn't want to see progress. Yeah. But I, I don't anymore. Actually, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. especially with social media, I mean, we've all seen that to just be crap. Like, oh yeah, that has done nothing good for the world. It hasn't. Um, 
Horse shit, I hear from the galley. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. To each their own. <laughs> I try. I don't know. I, I mean, like, even in my classroom, I, I try to keep technology out as much as possible. It's, it's not the way that it's going now. Everybody's going the other direction. But, you know, there's these things called books. Right. You know, thumb through the pages. And mm-hmm. You get spaghetti on them, and then you go back and you get the story <laughs> of the spaghetti on this page. You destroy them, or like in the good old days at the library. I think libraries are still around. The card. Well, nobody's getting paid there right now, though. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Even, yeah, on, on school campuses, too, right? I, don't, I think schools are run by the states for the most part, but it, it's like all the, you know, the, the public libraries. I actually I have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> that it's it's crazy, but apparently the shutdown is like the longer that it's happening, it's really just going to affect all of us. Eventually, it's kind of scary. It's making this little mini man so just frightfully alone and all by himself. And it's it's it would be hilarious if it wasn't so tragic. Yeah, that's he, true. Uh, you know, he came out and said that he's willing to like dig his feet in for years on this. You know. Like, it's just ridiculous. It really is. I agree. Um, but it's exciting to see, you know, people in Congress, like, having a different attitude. Yeah. And hopefully um, they're going to do some of the things that they said they were going to do to get elected. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I loved how, um, wait, what's her, Cortez? Ocasio-Cortez? Yeah. How they tried to smear her with this video where she's dancing. And it's like everybody loves it, and it's awesome. <laughs> I love it too. You know, the only tragic thing is the the dudes in the video are just lame, but they, but she's right? awesome. Yeah, I was like, girl, were you in flash dance? Because yeah. what's going on there? <laughs> uh, who wouldn't want someone who could dance in Congress? Right, know? right. It's it's positive energy. It's it's not you know on its way out. Uh, some of those people might not be around very long. <laughs> In terms of their lifespan, yeah, literally. That's the hope. Um, so that's yeah, gives us hope. But anyways, back to the music. Um, so you're planning a couple shows here in the Bay Area. Where can people find out more about you guys online? Um, we, you know, we're on everything, all the social media stuff or whatever. But also, <laughs> uh, we have a Bandcamp page, which mm-hmm. is which is the one that I actually control that has like you know update stuff. Um, like I said, uh, you know, December was sort of this month where everybody shuts down. And so um, I think we're going to get organized and figure out those shows by the end of, you know, the next week or the week after. Mm-hmm. Within the next two weeks, we'll have shows up there in San Francisco. And we're going to go down to L.A., nice. probably Portland. We're talking about doing um, a festival out in Iowa City called the Mission Creek oh, Festival. Oh, wow. Yeah. Never been actually, there. It started here. Right? There was a Mission Creek Festival here. Oh. And the guy who ran it, or at least one of the guys who ran it, moved to Iowa City and it's like much bigger there it's turned into this huge thing uh-huh, uh-huh. so we did it once before it was really fun oh that's interesting yeah. so where is it now Iowa yeah wow I mean I'm not you know, I had no reason to ever be there other than this festival but, but when I went there it was like cool it's like a really um it's a big writers college there and so everyone there is really literary and it's like there's all these uh, readings going on at the same time so you can be in a building and somebody's reading from their their new novel and then right next door is like full-on punk rock Oh, nice. And w- what's the college called? Oh, shit. Oh. Iowa State. I feel the Iowa State. <laughs> well, now I have a reason to check it out if I'm ever in the area. <laughs> and how did you make that connection to go out there? Uh, like I said, we played the Mission Creek Festival, and uh, a good friend, Andre Perry, oh, okay. who runs it out there. So, mm-hmm. um, he plays in a band called The Lonely Hearts, who um, we've played with a bunch of times, too. Like, we're, we're close. Very cool. And who would you say are your biggest influences musically or 
not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it, it moves around. Like, you know, the, the story of Fake Your Own Death is um, a lot of different evolutions because it actually came out of my band Elephone that we did, like, in the early aughts. I guess it was, like, 2003 or something, 2005, mm-hmm. maybe. I can't mm-hmm. remember. And, um, but basically, um, you know, my listening range uh, was really uh, tied to Sonic Youth. I really, um, growing up with Sonic Youth and just watching them evolve and, and listening to all the other iterations of the side projects and all of that, even their label, um, they were a big influence on me. We also, you know, of course, we have a lot of, if you listen to us, you'll hear like Echo and the Bunnymen and Jesus mm-hmm. and Mary Chain mm-hmm. and um, more brooding sort of like Cure stuff and like that. Like, oh, like, yeah. Like definitely like a mixture of sort of late 80s, early 90s stuff. Have you heard of a Cure cover band called Just Like Heaven? No, but that oh. sounds like a Cure cover band. Like they were there. really good. They played at the Fireside Lounge in Alameda. Oh, cool. Cause I'm going to Alameda more often these days, but, um, yeah, they were super good. I was like, are you sure this isn't the real cure? Cause he, yeah. I remember the lead singer, he kind of got into character trying to look like Robert Smith and he walked by and I was like, this is going to be insane. It's <laughs> a real living doing that, you know, yeah. like being a, like actually going into character and being cover band, mm-hmm. um, you go to mm-hmm. Vegas and all that. It's nothing I would ever do, but no. I, I do appreciate the art form i suppose yeah, yeah definitely and have you seen some of those bands live the cure and i never you know i never saw the cure um when by the time i was old enough to go see them they were just so overblown stadiums and that that's just wasn't my thing i was yeah. like i like the small little dirty clubs yeah but um i would mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. even now i would if they were coming around and, and somebody gave me a backstage pass where i didn't have to <laughs> watch them from the sea of heads if i could watch oh, them from the gosh. side of the stage i would yeah, because I think they play. They played a couple nights at the sh- at Shoreline, right, yeah. in the Hollywood Bowl. And People I who went said they're all gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I missed out. It was like all my friends went, and I was the only one that didn't go because I was in LA doing something down there. And I was like, oh, they'll be back. I think 2019 they're going to be playing a couple festivals this yeah, year. Yeah, I read that too. That's cool. So that'll be dope. And um, are you writing new music as well? Um, are you going to be releasing new material this year? Yeah, I mean, we um, so we put out an EP 2018 around May, I believe, mm-hmm. um, and that's been a string of EPs. We've done um, three EPs in a row, and we sort of got to this point where we we're like, you know what? Let's make a record again. Like, let's make a full, you know, full length album. Mm-hmm. And after playing a whole bunch of summer shows and whatnot. Um, we started writing it and the our process is pretty slow because we like to, like I said, we like to record it first and then, and then pick it apart and then re-record it and pick it apart. Um, you know, play it out live a little bit and pick it apart. Mm-hmm. So I would say we're about six songs in to what will be a, you know, like a 10 song LP. So we're still writing. So we're still writing pre-production and actually recording too. We started recording one song, um, called doing crimes, crimes, <laughs> <laughs> which is actually a, uh, interesting because when I, I live in Pacifica now mm-hmm. and I rented a small little shack and when I first moved there, it was right on the real close to the beach. It was all overgrown with weeds and everything. And, um, we had to like get all the stuff out. And my wife hired this like young guy to come and cut it all down for like 200 bucks. Oh wow. And she paid him up front, you know, that's something you never do. And he just took off and he was just gone. And he never came back. 
And so, you know, I try, I got, I'm like, I just moved to this little tiny nowhere town and yeah. already I got ripped off. So I tried to um, find this guy. I'm calling him, I'm emailing him, mm-hmm. you knocking mm-hmm. back. So if I finally get like all nasty about it, I'm like, I'm going to post things online. You know, don't hire this guy, this and that. Finally, some guy gets back to me and he says, hey, this kid's name is Elliot. He's like, you know, Elliot uh, is in rehab. Like he has a major uh, meth problem and his parents committed him and like this and that. And I was like, oh, then I felt like crap because yeah. I smeared this guy. Bro. Right. So I wrote a song about it. It's <laughs> a good story. Not going to lie. Uh, should we listen to one of the oldies, but goodies? Sure. Uh, how about bombs don't show up? Yeah. That's a great one. Okay. Let's see what we get.
the lessons that we have to teach our children. <laughs> How's that going? It's really good. I uh, I, was, I haven't heard that song in a long time. I was just thinking about it. It's it's uh, it's got to be five years old. Oh really? More. Oh okay. Um, I don't know. Like an early iteration of the band. Really. I don't know. It like brings me back to like a better time. It does. <laughs> or it's, like it's very sort of like has that dance punk sort of mm-hmm. 90s feel that was going around for a yep. while. But um, that drummer, actually, the drummer there, like that is so good at that particular beat, yeah. is the drummer from Every Move Picture. Oh, so he, I remember uh, that. Dan Francisco. Uh-huh. And like, as far as I'm concerned, he invented that beat. Like, like he's, he's got that, just playing like a, a drum machine. <laughs> he's a human drum machine. He really is. Yeah. <laughs> And um, how did the new formation of the band come together? Well, um, I think it was three years ago now that um, I spent some time in Berlin. Mm-hmm. And I went out there for, um, I was actually studying the fall of communism <laughs> nice. on the, the dime of the American government, which is another story. Uh-huh. But the, uh, I wrote a bunch of songs out there and I came back and I just didn't want to do them in the same sort of way that Fake Your Own Death was was working songs and this I wanted it to sound looser I wanted it to sound kind of more garagey maybe and so um, I met up with um, Scott Eberhardt who's my drummer right now mm-hmm. and he and I started playing and we started playing with different um, bass players a couple of different guitar players um, and uh, we finally settled on um, Izzy Chavarine and uh, Jimmy Chen and you know Izzy was from The Frail and Jimmy's from um, 100 Days Mm-hmm. Both of them just total seasoned players, and um, it, we just started playing shows immediately. Like we we, we recorded those songs, uh, we put them out actually under a different name called El Terrible, which is like my nickname, <laughs> and because we thought it was gonna be a different band, but we 